for folks who don't know, the Free State Project is a movement of voluntary human action where we are trying to concentrate libertarians in the state of New Hampshire. I think we've got done uh, more in the last decade than every other libertarian movement combined has accomplished in the last five decades. Are my friends and my neighbors who are willing to stand against here and make their voices hurt and have a goddamn impact. The problem with too many people are afraid to say what they believe in, but they'll actually do something about it. If you're afraid to stand outside the TSA line and piss off 97% of people who are waiting just to take the arm building up their ass in five seconds, then you're probably not ever going to make the change. Free State Project, again, it's, it's 1% of the Free State movement. I am a friend of the Free State Project. And would you encourage people to check it out? Absolutely. Check it out. Find out. If you like it, join us. Continue the effort. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, libertarians, anarchists, movers, natives, and those on your way, thanks for tuning in to another episode of Free State Live, where you can hear all about the ways to live free and thrive in the free state of New Hampshire. First and foremost, time to welcome back your host. I'm Justin O'Donnell, host of the O'Donnell for Liberty podcast and former U.S. Senate candidate in New Hampshire. Joining me, as always, Manchester Meme Lord and activist extraordinaire Bill Barger. How's it going, Bill? What's happening, Justin? Oh, it's going great. You. And back again, I, I don't know how many weeks in a row this is, but author, activist, candidate, uh, libertarian extraordinaire, Queen Quill herself, Carla Garrett. How are you, Carla? <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm a little scratchy after the long weekend, but we'll yep. give it our best shot. <laughs> and how many weeks in a row is this for you? Like Man, this has got to be like six. I don't know. It's got to be a new record. <laughs> it's time for me to go on the road is what I'm hearing. <laughs> yes. And joining us this week, president of the Women's Defense League, Kimberly Warren. Kimberly, thanks for joining. How are you tonight? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on. It's a pleasure to have everyone back. It's a pleasure to get the show back. For those of you who weren't aware, this weekend was Liberty Forum. It was a long, long weekend, but a really fun, great time with hundreds of our closest friends all assembled in one place to talk about making New Hampshire a more free state. And how do we make New Hampshire a more free state? No, it's been mentioned before and Jeremy Kaufman touched on it in his state of the free state speech that the libertarian, that the free state project is less than 1% of the free state movement about what actually goes on to make New Hampshire a more free state. And what I've talked about extensively and I've mentioned on the show before is like the beauty, the beauty of the free state project, as far as libertarian projects and libertarian movements go is its decentralized nature and how it exists kind of just to give a framework to empower people to do what they think needs to be done to fight for freedom and make New Hampshire a better place for all Granite Staters, not just libertarians and conservatives and independents or even liberals and anybody to seek more freedom and more prosperous life in New Hampshire. And it's gotten to the point where we've become so decentralized with so many different varying organizations working towards liberty in our lifetimes here in New Hampshire that the progressives have taken note of the strategy and started to put together presentations complaining <laughs> about all of the different libertarian-leaning and conservative organizations in New Hampshire that are fighting against the progressive agenda to keep New Hampshire more free. And they've put together presentations and done roadshows trying to expose all of these wondrous organizations that are working for our freedom. I don't think they need to be exposed. It's time we celebrate them. And that's why Kimberly is here tonight to tell us about all the great work that the Women's Defense League is doing to make New Hampshire a more free space. Thank you for coming on, Kimberly. Thank you. We're evil, evil women. Uh, you know, one of the, the we began in July of 2014, um, a grassroots organization, women in New Hampshire who wanted to have a women's organization where we have women only um, range staff to teach women how to safely and accurately shoot. Also, on the flip side, to um, push for pro-Second Amendment legislation, you know, getting more of our rights back, and um, against gun control legislation, because as ridiculous as it is, there are certain people every year who push gun control. <laughs> and even when it's uh, uh, the gun control P party is in the majority, it still doesn't pass. So 
um, they, but they still make an attempt. Um, there was one rep, 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 David Misogynus, I mean, M Muse, <laughs> who tried to, tried to pass, um, a bill that would ban open fire, open carrying of firearms at rallies. Really, dude? You're going to ban them. And every year we have our, we'll talk about it after we have our second amendment, our annual second amendment rally. You're going to ban us from carrying firearms at the second amendment rally. I don't think so. And it was so interesting to me because I got into it a little bit with them on Twitter on that one. And th there was no rhyme or reason because they they readily concede, you know, New Hampshire is an open carry state. So we have constitutional carry. We do not have you don't need a permit unless you want the reciprocity to be able to carry over state lines. Um, so it was such an odd bill to me because it was really like, oh, we know they like to open carry at rallies and we know they know, we all know why we are doing that. You know, someone in the Ukraine could probably explain that to us right now. And, um, and so, you know, it was just so weird because I actually said, but everyone could still be concealed carrying. And they were like, yeah, we know. We just don't want to see him. And I was like, oh, <laughs> you don't want to see the fork on the buffet at the fat farm. I get it. Uh, well, I, I saw the reasoning because, you know, he blocked me long ago. But I saw because I've been beating him down for years. Um, <laughs> Thank the you reasoning, for your service. <laughs> the reasoning was based on the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. He basically, his reasoning, if you can call it that, is that someone open carrying a firearm causes other people to get violent and attack them. I don't know. <laughs> That's how dumb they are. Well, That's it's crazy to me because, like, I tried to look at the Kyle Rittenhouse trial as objectively as I could. And I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to be the weird one here and not make an opinion saying this kid is not guilty until, like, the jury comes back mm -hmm. and we see everything. Um, but then the more I watched of the trial, the less I was able to do that. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, no, this is blatantly obvious. There's still plenty, I think, that Kyle did wrong. There's plenty, I think, that from someone with tactical training and military experience and combat arms experience that I think Kyle did very, very wrong. And as a practical everyday gun carrier, I think Kyle did wrong in being there in the first place. But if he didn't have that gun, he would be dead. Mm -hmm. And that was very clear. Right. Nope, exactly. But that's sort of what they were trying to base that bill on. Um, but, you, you know, you brought up constitutional carry. That is yep. one of the first bills that we passed through. Um, it was the first bill that Governor Sununu signed when he got into office. So that was a, that was a huge um, win for New Hampshire. It really was. And that really is a trend that we are starting to see nationwide. You know, it seems like we're going to become, you know, I always like to say we, the libertarians here in New Hampshire, are sort of the vanguard and we're doing all the hard work and the hard and heavy lifting. And a lot of other states are going to have the benefit of that. Um, hopefully, you know, depending on, again, you know, how, how the future shakes out. But with constitutional carry, that was a lot of hard work from a lot of people. And I'm sort of intrigued, you know, it feels like even though there's all this money pouring into gun control legislation, and we have seen at least the 12, 13 years I've been involved here with this issue, that, you know, they keep pushing, they keep pushing, but they keep losing, they keep failing. And I wonder if there was an actual shift where geopolitically, whoever is behind this notion that, you know, we don't really want armed citizens, I'm going to take a wild guess and think it's probably the pro pod people. But, you know, I think they sort of realized they weren't going to be able to take the guns. And now they're just like, they'll keep trying, but I think they're just more looking at the game in a different way. And, and I hate to say it because I believe firmly 100% in uh, only defensive violence and self-defense, of course. And I'm a very peaceful person. Mm -hmm. um, but I think they're, the, the people pushing gun control have kind of made a decision where they're like, well, we can't get the legislation through. Let's see who's willing to shoot. So let's go. I wanted to talk about the Women's Defense League because this is something that uh, I, I have an interest in. I, I've shot many firearms, gone shooting many times. Um, my girlfriend's never. 
send her to me. So that's <laughs> this is what I was wanted to ask you, um, so that you, we can get into to all the different bills. But I, I do want to talk about like the, the you know we're here to have you talk about the women's defense league, and I, I specifically would like to know like do you guys take on newbies? Like what's your what's your goal with that? Is it just Every- firearms? It's, excuse me, every single month we have a shoot and it's either a basic pistol shoot, which is a full day class and you get certified, or it's a new shooter shoot, which is sort of a half, half day class. It's just as an intro to firearms class. It's all about safety and the women get to practice shooting firearms. Um, again, all women range in, on the range, all women in the class, um, women RSOs. Um, we have new women all the time. We have girls. Um we have women who have come to us because their hus- they've been widowed and they have all these firearms in their house, but their husband was their protector and now they need to protect themselves. Um, we've had women who've come who have been, you know, victims of violent crime, domestic abuse. Um, yes, we have new women all the time, every single class, some who have never shot a firearm in their life before. A lot of times that happens, but um, so it's... And, and then we also, for our members, we have um, monthly shoots as well. And we'll do advanced shooting skill, you know, skill building type things. Uh, we have a gun cleaning class because if you're going to shoot them, you need to know how to clean them. Um, we have a concealed carry conversation where we really um, talk about concealed carry. A lot of women come to that class who've never concealed carry. And it, it teaches them, you know, we teach them like how to get into doing it, what we all, you know, our experiences were. So we have, we offer a lot of different things, um, all with trying to give women training. And we always, always tell our, our members and our students, even students that come to the, like the basic pistol or new shooters class, always get more training. We all do always get more training because it's super important. But yeah, we always teach uh, new shooters and we start off with 22 pistols. So it's, you know, it, it goes pew, pew. <laughs> we joke that that's what it does instead of a louder nine millimeter or big, you know, larger caliber, because that can be a little bit intimidating or scary for some women. I know the first time I shot a firearm, it was a 44 automatic and I wanted to leave the range semi-automatic, not a, <laughs> I would have shot up the whole place if that was the case. Um, so we, 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 we teach women, from all backgrounds, walks of life, reasons they're there. It's really, it's really awesome. Like seeing a a woman who's never shot before shoot for the first time. And then she's all smiling and like giddy. (laughs) It makes me all giddy. (laughs) So it's really great. I think that's incredible advice, not just even for women shooters specifically, but for all shooters, all people who ever want to touch firearms is get more training. And like to have an organization that specifically caters to women, it's, at first, I remember when I, the first time I ever heard of him, like, that's unnecessary. Like, just send them to the range and get training because I was a firearms instructor for a long period of time in the military. And I always thought that women made the best students. Weirdly enough, whenever I was teaching marksmanship or um, designated marksman's classes or long range marksmanship classes, the women were the best students, hands down, and would outperform the men on the range every single time and after a few years i noticed the reality of it was when a group of people came to class the women all paid attention and took notes because they wanted to learn and all the boys are like i shoot squirrels back home i can do this no problem and wouldn't pay attention just thought they had it but like without fail women would outperform them every time when just given the opportunity um kimberly could you for for our listeners sort of sketch if, so, if someone comes to your class on Sunday, say, right? So first, like, where are we going? What time is it? And then sort of what does that look like? And, and the reason I ask is when I moved from New York City to, to New Hampshire, I enrolled in Appleseed training, which is mostly rifle training. And I showed up and, you know, I mean, I might have shot, I think I shot a rabbit when I was 19 on a farm somewhere where I definitely <laughs> was drunk enough that I should not have been handling a firearm. And other than that, I'd never done it. And I kind of got there and I was very much out of my league. So maybe just to reassure people who are like, I know nothing about guns. What would this look like? So Sunday's class is a basic pistol class. So that's an NRA certified class. And they the women will leave. They have to take an exam um, and they go on the range and shoot qualifying shooting to um, get a certificate. We spend the first part of the class. Um, 
talking about how firearms work. Um, safety, 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 safety. I can't reiterate that enough. We talk about that throughout the whole class. Um, and so that's like the, the classroom part is the first portion of the class, um, which includes, of course, teaching about firearms, you know, how everything like that. And then we go, we have them um, load and unload firearms with snap caps. So we have them practice racking the slide, you know, dropping the magazine. We have them practice that before they get on the range with a real firearm. Then they come on the range and we have two instruct uh, one instructor for two students, um, which is a really good ratio because most places, I know places, classes I've been to, it's like one instructor to 20 students. Mm. So we Pur purposely made our ratio be very low so that we could be able to give attention to students who, you know, maybe some need more help or maybe we've had students sometimes that they're afraid. And so they need more personal, you know, coaching. Mm -hmm. um, so we intentionally did that when they go on the range and they will shoot um, multiple rounds. Like first we start out with one just shoot one you load and they all have to load they load one we you know we make sure everybody's all ready and they shoot at the same time they shoot and then they have to show you know drop the magazine and show clear so we're teaching them the safety and also the shooting um all all in one day but it's just it's still just an introductory course it's a beginning course but it's a lot of information and they take home a student packet so they you know it's always they can review um, and then, you know, once we do the first, do one, um, shoot one, then we have them load five if they want. Like we ease women into it. And it's really funny because we have them shoot 10 rounds a few times. And we're like, you don't have to shoot 10 if you don't want. <laughs> I want, I want. <laughs> so it's, it's really, really awesome. And, you know, we, we have, one of the reasons the all women is good is because we've had um, women who have been abused or victims. And it's very, it can be very emotional sometimes for some women who, I mean, we've had women who've had guns to their heads and now they're here trying. I mean, those women are so incredibly courageous um, that it's, you know, they're, they're trying to beat that and so they can protect themselves. So that's why the women only environment is very helpful for them because it would, if there were men involved, it might trigger something or, you know, even though it's not the same man and they're not like that with all men, it's just that, this, right. you know, the scenario with being around firearms. So do you guys do any outreach in the sense of like, I, uh, maybe, maybe it's more marketing. Do you like try to pitch to more women that they should own a firearm that, you know, if they, well, we, like, are, we if they're open to it, obviously you don't want to, you don't want somebody who doesn't want to own one to do it, but people who are like open. Oh, well, we don't, we would never say, hey, you should have a firearm. We say you should learn about them. Everybody should know about them, in my opinion, right? And, and when we encourage women to come to one of our classes so that they can learn about firearms, because a lot of times they don't know about them and they only learn by taking a class. So we're not saying, hey, you should buy a firearm. You know what I mean? We have oh, members. Right. Of, of yeah. course, of course. And I guess I'm, I'm more wondering, it's like, do you, do you do any like promotion of, listen, a firearm is a viable form of self-defense that, that is not something that you have to be, you know, just like a, a police officer or a trained oh. military, you know, like, cause I think some people just dismiss that idea that it's a tool that they could have on themselves to, you know, so they could feel safer. And that's so like what we tell, what we tell women is you are your own first responder because when seconds count, the cops are minutes away. So, oh yeah, we definitely, we definitely promote that. That's, I mean, I carry a firearm because I can't carry a cop, right? I mean, right. I don't have, I don't have 24 hour security at my door. You know, I have to be my own security. So, right. oh yeah, we absolutely promote that. That's why one of the reasons we have the concealed carry class is a lot of women want to conceal carry. They just don't know the first step about going about it. Yep. So yeah. we, we try to encourage that and, and help them through that process because it is a process. 
You well, don't just get a gun and start carrying it. Right. As far as jumping into that process, Chris Lopez has a question. It's like, what is the actual <laughs> expense? And do you provide supplies? Do they have to bring their own supplies? Like, what, what's the process if a woman wants to get involved, wants to learn more, come to your Sunday training, what's needed? So the Sunday class is a full basic pistol class. And for non-members, it's $90. And for members, it's $75. Now, just to, so $90 kind of sounds like a lot. We just had to up the price because of ammo and all the expenses. But regular, <laughs> this class normally around the state costs $125 and up. Yep. So we we discount the class because <coughs> oh, we want let you. We discount <laughs> the class because we want to teach as many women as possible. I mean, personally, I would like to teach every woman how to safely and accurately shoot, but you know, um, I'm pretty sure mom's man wouldn't like that. Um, but, but I'd still teach him. Um, so, so we try to discount it, but I mean, the cost, we haven't raised the cost. We just raised them like by $10 just because ammo so expensive mm -hmm. and we provide the firearm. They only can use our firearms. They're all Ruger SR 22s or Glocks 22s. And we provide all the ammo and the, the student packet. In April, we have the new shooter shoot, which is a half day class. You don't get certification, it's a half day, but it's the same thing. We provide the firearms, we provide the targets, the, the ammunition, everything. It's, uh, I just think it's funny you mentioned Moms Demand Action. I, I have a quick little story that I think really highlights the positive gun culture in New Hampshire. Even though you talk about like there are crazy people like, Muse who just obsessively want to strip away the Second Amendment and strip away people's right to defend and protect themselves. When I first moved to New Hampshire and started getting involved in activism and libertarian stuff, we went to go participate in the Portsmouth Pride Parade. And I'm like, no, I'm going to open carry for the parade. And I walked the whole Portsmouth Pride Parade open carrying in between TD Bank and Moms Demand Action. And it was at one point... I just heard from behind me a child asking someone in the Moms Demand Action group, how come that man has a gun? And someone in the Moms Demand Action group said, it's their right. They're being responsible with it. What? Yeah, well, I don't believe you. Mind. I don't believe you. It was his father. It oh, wasn't it was his father. Okay. <laughs> it his mother. Okay, okay. It wasn't the mom. <laughs> yeah. That is funny. Well, that is, I fled here from Massachusetts, and the, the the Second Amendment was that was the the straw that broke my liberty loving back, um, because I I wanted to get my uh, be able to carry in Massachusetts. And when I looked at the list, I was like, Are you kidding me? I'm out. And luckily, my husband was good. And two months later, we were here. Um, but it's it, it's a totally different. Like it's. Almost, and you guys probably all know this. It's almost like when you drive across that border, you feel like a weight lifted off your shoulders. I'm not even kidding. Like I've had other people say that too, like at classes I've taken, um, because I I still have to go to mass for something sometimes, but I have to bring pepper spray. Right. I can't actually bring something to protect myself. Do you remember yeah, years up. ago there was this? Uh, we were gonna. I forget who it was, but there was uh, maybe it was you guys, even Kimberly, that wanted to put the signs up on the borders on the small roads that go between New Hampshire and Massachusetts to say you've left New Hampshire. Uh, you know, warning, warning, like do something with your gun. You're in a you know a different country that doesn't <laughs> like guns. It, it wasn't us, but that's that is scary if you're driving on the border and you. I'm, I have some friends that live on the border. I'm always very careful not to miss their road, not to miss the turn. Or there's when I go on now sometimes, same thing. Wait, I can't an, go past the bank. There's an exit at Nash in Nashua where, like, you're in New Hampshire, you turn onto the exit, and then the GPS yells at you, entering Massachusetts. And you're like, no, 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 no. Welcome no! back to New Hampshire. I'm like, oh, my God, for 30 seconds, I thought I was going to die. <laughs> oh, my. It's, it's scary, honestly. It's because... You could go to jail and you could lose your Second Amendment rights just for accidentally driving over the border if you got if you got pulled over and you know whatever. So it is it's ridiculous. It's it's a sad state that Massachusetts was where our founding fathers you know started everything technically, and it's fallen so far. Well, well you know, one state over is going to fix the problem. <laughs> That's damn right.
The libertarian. No, I do remember Hillary. there was a case. I cannot actually remember the case name, but it was a constitutional case. It went all the way to the Supreme Court from Massachusetts because at one point Massachusetts uh, laws were so restrictive that you needed a license to have pepper spray, you needed a license to have a taser, mm. you needed a license to have anything, and it was very difficult to get those licenses. And Com2A, one of the gun rights groups in Massachusetts that blessed their hearts for trying, at least they put up an effort, um, actually fought a case all the way to the Supreme Court where they said that Massachusetts rules um, violated the Second Amendment for making it so difficult for people to defend themselves. And it was a woman who got arrested with a taser, and she got arrested after using the taser to defend herself against an abusive ex who broke into her home. I remember reading about that case. Yes, that they changed the laws after that. So I don't need right. my mother had pepper spray years ago and she needed an FID card for that. Right. Jeez. Yeah, uh, it's ridiculous. Whereas they, here in New Hampshire, they sell it at CVS. <laughs> right. Check the dates, though. Um, <laughs> so to, I, I got it. So for some reason, and I don't know why maybe because I am a woman, but I've any time when I first got involved with second amendment issues, I always looked at it from a women's point of view. I, it's just, that's just the way I looked at it. And to me, the second amendment is one of the single most important women's rights issues in modern history, because it is my body, my choice, if I want to protect it and I should be able to have that choice, how I want to protect it. Those rights are supposed to be protected. They're not supposed to be taking them taking them away and let's face it they've been chipping away slowly over the years over years over years at our second amendment rights 100 I mean, you know um thomas massey the rep from kentucky you guys probably know who he is i love oh, him yeah he's a great he was asking what kind of federal gun laws would you want us to change and i just was list after list after list of things i want him to change <laughs> like this is what you guys all should be doing you know getting rid of rather not you know, whatever, but it's everything after that line on the second amendment uh, could pretty much go away because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's how it was supposed to work. And frankly, I would like to own a tank. Who doesn't? <laughs> well, eBay's been trying, but there are some Ukrainian farmers um, that have been putting their stolen Russian tanks on eBay, and they've been getting bids up to $50,000. Just so you know, now there's a market price for it. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah. That's not bad. They probably, the government probably paid like millions. Uh, well, I mean, you're really going to lose on the shipping, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we could have an ad where they have, I don't know if you guys saw the ad where it was the truckers, and they were saying, you know, my name's Bob, and I'm from Kentucky, and Playground tools come from truckers, you know, and some other guy was like, and wheat comes from truckers and everything comes from truckers. So we could be like, all of it comes. Um, yeah. So Kimberly, what, uh, like what's been your maybe favorite experience up at the state house testifying or sort of a good <laughs> learning experience for the rest of us? Oh my goodness. Oh, there's so many. So you guys do the rally up there. Now we've had that. How how many times has that been happening? This year will be our seventh annual rally. It's the 2A Freedom Rally 2022. Figured all the twos sounds good. Um, yeah, we've had it for years and it's grown. Like the first year we had it, it was small and it's grown and grown. We have like pictures sometimes that we post side to side. And, and the last time within hours of our rally being over, they shut down the state from COVID. So... Um, so that was, that was a huge rally. So it's, and it's, it, it was it's bad good. that they had to bring the drones to take their group photo from up, up, up high. So it was yes, it's always a good thing. Um, but it's, yeah. So we've, we've done that at the state house every year. So that, that probably my favorite event all year. I mean, it's a ton of work, as you know, you all know, do all the, the Liberty stuff, um, events. It's a ton of work, but it's just like at this big, huge family reunion and everybody there is on the same page, freedom loving. We want to protect our rights. You know, so a lot of people have moved here from other states, <laughs> duh, as you all know, <laughs> and we moved from oppressive states that literally, literally stole our rights from us. So living in New Hampshire and being able to freely practice our rights as we should be able to is it's a joy. I mean, it's just, you know, 
I can't even, it's hard to kind of explain. I know you all understand, um, but it's just, it's so much better. But at the state house, <laughs> I've had so much fun at the state house. So I'm not sure if you all remember the great Pearl controversy of 2019. That was, that was one of my favorite things ever just because of how upset yeah so so i'll i'll start it i i explain this during every all of our classes because we always hand out pearls because you know we still hand out pearls um so what happened was at our very first time that we as the women's defense league went to testify at the state house it was for constitutional carry one of the first bills, like I think it was SB 12, I can't remember, there's been a few, until we finally got it passed because Governor Sununu was elected. Um, we we were there and we were dressed professionally. We all happen to have pearls on, not coordinated. It just, you know, Carla understands, it's a girl thing, you know, wear the pearls, look professional. So we're in suits and professional and we had like, I don't know, Reps Hall holds 400 people. We had the place packed with all supporters of constitutional carry so on our side we we're handing out stickers you know our stickers to everyone and mom's demand comes in bloomberg's little harpies and there there's four of them four and they're wearing mom's demand you know bloomberg's cheap chinese t-shirts they didn't get up and testify but of course wmur asked them you know interviewed them well you know why didn't you get up and testify and one of their leaders said well we felt like we were we were under the gun or under fire. And I'm like, you didn't even know if we were carrying. We were, we always conceal carry. They didn't know who was carrying. You could not tell anybody who was carrying in the whole place. So, <clears throat> so I was like, was what, was it the pearls from that day forward? Pearls became one of our symbols. <laughs> so fast forward to the red flag hearing. I'm sure some you're all aware of the red flag bill, which is one of the most draconian and unconstitutional bills. I'm trying to watch my mouth uh, to ever cross um, New Hampshire's desks at the state house. That's another Bloomberg bill that he spent tons of money on. Red flags um, in general is terrible. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So <clears throat> we're in there. We're literally handing out pearls, handing out pearls to all our supporters including members of the committee. And that, that's never been controversial. You'll see members wearing pins or, or whatever that support, whatever group they're supporting. And who shows up at that? Wait, can I say bad words? Mm -hmm. yes. uh, okay, past the 10-minute mark. So. <laughs> it's happening. They, they only get mad at Carla. I okay. do. <laughs> I try. I'm trying hard. You can do whatever you want, Kimberly. I'll be. I'll People behave. Won't yell at you. It's, it's a family, I'll it's a family show. A family funny show. <laughs> okay. So Shannon Watts was there, who is the the head of Mom's Demand, who used to claim she was grassroots and she was really just a paid hack um, doing that. She was in New Hampshire for the red flag hearing. I'm like, she doesn't even go to the hearings in Colorado in her own state because I know the two A groups there. And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. So, you know, we're tweeting. I always, of course, live tweet everything. And then all of a sudden, there's this big controversy about the pearls. She claimed that we were wearing, the, that the legislators and we were all wearing the pearls to mock victims of gun violence. Oh. And how, how they connect that, any dots for that? Like, like what kind of mental gymnastics? Yeah, how so, did that work? One of the... I forget which um, journalist, one of the journalists from New Hampshire came up to me because, you know, they knew me. It's like, Kimberly, what's going on with the with the pearls there? I said, and I was had loaded with pearls, couple bracelets, earrings, few necklaces. I'm like, OK, this has been going on for years. This is, uh, you know, but it just became this huge controversy because she has all bots. Right. Um, retweeting her stuff. I mean, we got death threats. They threatened to dox us. I, I interviewed with Australian news. I mean, interviews from around the world. It was Chris Cuomo wanted me to go on his show, and I was like, "Yeah, no, no thanks." Um, <laughs> yeah, I was sick. I was I was sick anyway, but <clears throat> I was. It was insane. Like it was, it was almost nightmares just because of the death threats, threatening our mm -hmm. kids, taking you know everything. They're very, what did he do? Very nasty when they get engaged. Like well, it's shocking. But what did we do though? We got more pearls. <laughs> As one I is love to do. it. I love it. 
and our last rally it was i think it was our last it was our last rally we were we we had to order we had to like find more pearls really fast because it they they it was their mistake they did this the week of the rally so we went with it you know what i mean we we used that to our advantage um because anybody who knows us in new hampshire has probably at least seen all the pearls whether they knew what they were about um was a different story but they have at least had at least seen them and it, we literally handed them to the governor when he signed constitutional carry. We got pictures of it. I, I thought it was so, great. Like one of my favorite pictures, it was like Jess Edwards wearing a pearl necklace. And I'm like, he's a big, very tall, broad, retired Colonel just wearing a pearl necklace. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I love it. <laughs> it's, uh, we've had a lot of guys like, you know, you see the hardcore, you know, guys who would never, and they're like, we will wear them for you. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, it was, it was great. And again, it was always in support of the women's defense league and women's rights two a rights. It was never anything vile. They of course had to make it that. And um, we won. So that's great. That's I like story. stories with, and with that, that's a yeah. good ending. Hell yeah. And then hashtag we won. We won. <laughs> we, we, we have a then, question. We have a question from a, a little while ago, actually, I wanted to bring up here. It's, um, do you guys have classes to help train people with their own guns? So, you know, you were talking about the classes that you have for women who've never shot before. Do you have something like this? We do. So we require every new, only for members. So members, um, have to either attend the basic pistol class or the new shooter shoot. Now, if you're a member, the new shooter shoot is free. So it's it's not like we're requiring you to pay on top of being a member. After that, we have shoot with the girls, which is where you come with your own firearm, your own ammo, and there's instructors on the range and will help you shoot. So if you start shooting and you're off or something's not working right or you want more help in something, we have instructors right there to help you. Um, we also have advanced shooter, shooter shoots that we call them and they're skill building. Um, so part of the skill building is think before you shoot. And one of them is law enforcement uses. That's what we're doing in April. It's, you know, the colors with the numbers and the shapes. I yell out, it's usually me because I have the biggest mouth. I yell out uh, one of, you know, what they're supposed to shoot at and they have to stop and think before they shoot. And what, last year we did one um, that was COVID. We conquered COVID. It was little um targets of covid so we that was a skill building one <laughs> had to name, name what it was and they shoot it and usually at halloween we do uh, you know like we've done witches and you know so we try to we try to combine camaraderie instruction fun safety all of those things are all um in co a combination of what we do and and the women use get to learn and use their own firearms that way yeah, I mean, we have some women, sometimes they'll bring two. <laughs> I have two. I want to bring two. <laughs> well, no, I think that's incredible. But like your own gun matters a lot because somebody, I, I remember once I was at a public speaking uh, group, uh, like a Toastmasters thing that uh, libertarians were doing in Manchester. And I had neglected to prepare a talk. And I went on, I'm like, ah, just give me a question. I'll answer it. That'll be my talk for the night. And somebody asked like, what's the best gun for a newbie to buy? And I just went on a rant about how it doesn't matter what gun you buy if you don't train with it, if you don't practice with it. And the best gun for you is the one that you're comfortable using and carrying. Well, that's what we tell women all the time because we've yeah. had women come to us and I'm sure you've all heard this, their boyfriends or their husbands buy them a gun. <laughs> then we've had women come that, in that case and they hated it. <laughs> so <laughs> give them a gift certificate, guys. Or, or partners, whatever, whoever. Um, we always tell women, you know, there's certain things you want to check out, the grip, the slide. If you can't rack the slide, you're not going to train with it. If it's too big for your hands or too small for hands, you're not going to train with it. So we always tell them exactly what you said, Justin. You have to be comfortable with it so you can train with it because you can't just buy a firearm, shoot it once in a while, and think you're going to be ready for defending yourself. You have to train with it. And we, you know, we have, sometimes we do, um, um, self-defense classes like uh, shooting from the holster we have we bring in I don't know if you guys know um Al MacArthur Jr amazing amazing instructor amazing instructor with women that's like super I we, we'd never recommend anyone if they weren't um and and have them do more um advanced even than just the skill building um but it's super important because if a gun you know 
say the trigger hurts your finger, if you shoot 200 rounds, you're not going to train with it. It's really important. Because you might only be training to shoot one round, but you got to train 200 times to do that one. Right. Yeah, because you want to make sure it gets placed where you want it to be placed. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, it really is also, as with most things in life, right? Practice makes perfect. You know, you, you don't cook as well the first time you fry an egg as the you know, thousandth egg you've done. And so it really is uh, habitual. It is a part of how you become sort of self-reliant, uh, self-sustaining, and it really sort of, you know, meshes with our values. And, and I can honestly say, I mean, I don't know if I can do Sundays, but I'm going to join and I'm going to make it a priority because it's been on my list for a long time. And you know, I, 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 I can do it, but I'm really honestly not that comfortable. And I want to be able to 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 be comfortable enough to to really just you know not just be fronting but actually be able to to um, to use it should the need ever arise. And so I think we should you know it should I'm I'm working on these lists of like all the things people should do. And I really do think um, you know back in the day definitely we all did apple seed. But I think this notion of this woman's only thing uh, really is helpful in this environment. I mean, it I, it makes perfect sense to me. It, so, you know, uh, I was just gonna say it, 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 it is, and I think everybody should, you, you have to learn. If for any reason, just take a class to learn. So if you see a firearm, you at least are aware that it's not gonna shoot you on its own. So, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless you're Alec Baldwin, then somehow magically <laughs> the gun will discharge, you know. That's a different ball game. Yep. So you mentioned membership. You said uh for the for the after shoot, you know, I don't remember what you called it. Um, but oh, there's Justin's there with the link. So, nice. Uh, what is there is there like dues or a monthly or a, like a yearly fee? So, what, what what do you get if you join the club? You know, look how how does that all that work? So it's a $40 annual fee. We've we only raised it once that's from 25 great. originally. $40 annually. That's the only fee. Unless we have, like, I like, one of my favorite classes to teach, and I got to do it this year, is Intro to Rifle, where I teach women. It's a half-day class. I teach them about black, scary rifles. And they love it. Um, <laughs> I prefer rifles to handguns. I, I do too. I I'm a rifle girl all the way. I love them. I actually I'm going to be with the apron with the gun on my back, just like cooking the food and taking care of anything that needs to be taken yeah. care of. This is my role in the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, yeah, so we have that. Then we have special classes only for members, like the gun cleaning class. Um, the, we have an annual family picnic where they bring their whole family. My favorite part is when you see people teaching their daughters to shoot for the first time at our event. Oh my God. I love it. Um, and we have, uh, you know, an annual holiday party, which is a lot of fun. You shoot a snowman, which actually Melissa cream invented a long time ago. It's a snowman <laughs> that has scored and it's a, it's got a pistol pointing at you. So it's not like it's not a defensive shoot. Um, that's for the end. deserved it. Yes. Oh, yeah. The snowman deserved it. Um, so, you know, we do fun stuff like that. Then we have um, the advanced classes, the shoot with the girls, which that's your own firearm. Only members are allowed at that. Um, then the advanced classes. And then we also teach um, refuse to be a victim classes. And we give it, you know, we have a discount for our members. So like the BP class on Sunday, it's $90 for non-members, but 75 for members. So we discount classes. Um, and we used to have more events, well, pre-COVID. Um, and now it seems to be picking up again because we're being asked to attend other events. Like we're going to be at Renaissance Firearms for a women's symposium, March 19th and 20th. And women can come in and try different firearms, which is always a good thing to try before you buy. We've done that before too. Our, <clears throat> our instructors happen to have several firearms and they all come together, bring their firearms and our members can come and try each one to see which one they like. It's, it's, been amazing because I know for myself when I've tried a firearm first, I, I heard it was really great, tried it, and I was like, oh no, that's awful. And so, you know. Yeah, that's um, actually a huge service. I could see that being hugely popular. Same thing, you know, like I yeah. think, you know, the first gun I got was, I don't even remember, but it was huge and it was 
stupid and i think it was like a glock 45 i don't know you know like, <laughs> and i was just like what no what do i just like throw this at someone because <laughs> and so yeah just being able to try them out and really just figure out what works for you um we've also done i don't know if you guys do this at halloween but the the pumpkin shoots uh, no. um well that sounds fun you can put rifle, canarite in a pumpkin and it goes well, really boom. We might have we might have done that at our rifle class. <laughs> it, was, it was around Halloween. So we might have had to show the ladies about tannerite. But they loved it. It was it was fun. Like so when we do like the rifle class, we start out with twenty-two rifles as well, because you know how loud the five, five, six, you know, AR style rifles can be. But at the end of the class, we asked them, Do you want to try the larger caliber rifle? you know, we bring that too. And some of them do it and they're just, that's it. They're like, they're in love. They're going home asking their husbands for if they can get a rifle. I mean, it's the, the one, the, the one thing I love about teaching these classes is because so many women leave so happy and they come back and they, they want to learn more. And, and, you know, sometimes they just jump in and they want to volunteer and, but they just, it's it really is um, a great experience, especially if you've never shot a firearm. It's not it's not overwhelming. It's it's you know an easy environment um, because it is all women. Um, easier, I should say, because I've been in some of those classes. Um, I, I forget who was talking about it. And I, it was an instructor class. I, I can't remember which one. And these guys, these guys, they, they came, don't no. these guys came from Maine and they got tactical gear on and all that stuff. <laughs> For, to be learning how to be an instructor from a, a chief training, uh, you know, counselor. And I'm like, if that guy was teaching me in a class, I'd probably leave the class because if he's wearing a tactical right. vest, I'm not really comfortable. Right. <laughs> now, I, I have a question my, myself here. Um, uh, one of the things that I've noticed keeps a lot of women out of our groups, uh, like uh, even like some of the libertarian gun clubs I participate in, shooting groups I participate in, is the politics. Is because I well, self defense shouldn't be political. A lot of us get really political about everything else as well, and like form our little groups around political niches, especially in the modern world where everything's become so divisive. Um, and I see a lot of women who would, might be interested in learning self defense and guns but aren't really political get turned off by the political nature of gun clubs and gun groups. And I think a little tandem here, Mari Fontaine and chat had a question, like did a lot of newbies get COVID guns and you know a lot of gun sales went up. It wasn't really political. Two million for started, women. Yeah. People just started buying guns because the writing was on the wall at this point. It's like, Oh, I got to get it now or I else never can. And like, I asked this cause I have a friend of mine, um she's very very super progressive very very hyper liberal at times in the past i've accused her of being a communist <laughs> but she has like changed her tune over the past year and a half on guns and recently decided she wanted to get and become a gun owner and she went and joined the john brown socialist gun club of new hampshire of which had three other members none of whom knew what the hell they were talking about to help her out and so, like, I would love to refer her to your group. And she's a legislator, uh, very, but very, very far left. And she worries about things like the politics of the groups and people not accepting her because she's a very left-wing state rep. Depends on which state rep it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so we, as an organization, we are nonpartisan nonpartisan um i've i actually monitor like we have a private members facebook group if someone tries to post something that i think is too political gone the only thing we talk about is 2a that's it that's the only it's not democrat republican libertarian nothing not not conservative progressive sometimes people will talk about politics but it's usually not us right like someone will bring it up and i'll even try to because we have members who are Democrats, Republicans, Libertarians, nothing, independents. I'm an independent. I mean, it's so personally, I don't want to hear the politics in that class either. It's an enjoyable day for me. And I live and breathe politics. I would just like to keep it at what we're focusing on. And that's usually what it is. It's no one brings it up. I don't I don't usually know anyone's political um, background unless they talk about it or I happen to know the person you know, personally, because um, we've had tons of state reps. We've had left-wing people come to our class and they, you know, they say, we don't talk about, it's all about safety, learning about firearms and learning how to shoot. And that, that's awesome to hear because 
Fortunately and unfortunately, it's weird because me as a hyper-political person, I love my gun group that's super political. <laughs> and we like spend the whole day, it's like, well, why are you learning to shoot? Because fuck the feds, that's why. And everyone <laughs> agrees. Not because of like, and I get there might be something that's different with women. We live in a modern world. We live in a hyper um, media driven world. And the media narrative for the past 10 years regarding women has been, you're a victim. You're going to be victimized. You need to watch her on every step, every corner. There's somebody going to hurt you. It, I, I can imagine it's a terrifying to walk into a male and politically right-wing dominated space to try and learn how to defend yourself from exact. The media has told you that the person you need to be defended from is the one you're going to, to learn from. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, honestly, we've had, <clears throat> so, excuse me, I'm also, I take pictures all the time at shoots and I always ask ahead of time, you know, I'm going to be taking photos. If you don't want your photo on our website or Facebook or to be public, let me know. And I'll, you know, send them to the sly on them. We've had people who are in environments that's hardcore left, um, who are hardcore gun controllers, typically not always, not all, um, of one particular political party are gun controllers. It's just the loudest <laughs> ones are, right? Because it's a big, huge money-making scam. Um, but yeah, we've had people, teachers, no, no, you can't put my picture up. And then other people come in and they're teachers and they're like, yeah, my kids love this stuff. So you know what I mean? Like even, honestly, we also teach members' kids usually once a year. We have a class just for members' kids. We teach little kids, seven and up. It, actually, I think seven was the youngest. And we chose intentionally to do it in August when they're not in school mm -hmm. because we didn't want them posting photos all over and getting in trouble potentially. You know, like, so we think about those things and we weave those things into it because we might be out there and open about who we are and what we do, but not all these other people are. And we want women to come to us because you know what? You have, um, we're, we're your cheerleaders, we're your supporters but we're not going to tell anybody, you know what I mean? We're not going to put it out there and say anything about your politics or whatever. I've also had an idea where like, I don't know if women's defense league would want to take the front on this kind of idea or if somebody else did sponsor and join in and help. But every time there comes like a national, a major push for gun control, usually after some kind of a tragedy, it seems all of the political talking heads, the media, the politicians, the people campaigning for gun control are speaking from a place of extreme ignorance where it's fairly evident and obvious. They've never held a gun. They've never fired a gun. They know nothing about guns. They wouldn't know how to load one if it was handed to them unloaded. And they're speaking to regulate these things that they know nothing about. And I've thought it would be like maybe interesting to try and organize something completely de dedicated and targeted specifically towards like left-wing legislators, moms demand action activists and gun every time for gun violence activists and say, Hey, we'll put on a free, you come it's free one day full training seminar so you can become familiarized and we will keep all politics out of it strictly educational and see how many walk away with the same views well they probably wouldn't come to our thing <laughs> i mean i will say this uh, just anecdotally at bardo farm over the years um it would be one of the places i would take journalists and we would have a lot of journalists from foreign countries and we had a danish crew and a french crew and i'm pretty sure i think it was german people and ian underwood one of the founders of bardo farm um you know they're strong 2a proponents and he said well because the journalists always want the footage of us shooting right like it makes for good tv and <laughs> his rule was if you want to come and film us shooting and you want to use that then i am going to teach you how to shoot you can only film us if you shoot with us. And it was fascinating because um, they all, every single one of them loved it. Like loved it. They were like, wow, I had no idea. There was a French guy who actually, it was very sweet. They were very particular because he was like, okay, we are part of a union. So we are now off the clock. And they had like this whole little ritual they had to do to be like, we are no longer working. Give us the guns. And then when they were done and they'd done the filming, they were like, we are no longer working. 
teach us more, you know? So, um, so culturally, I think a lot of times it really is just exposing someone to something, but you know, with, with the people who are so afraid of guns in the sense that it's an inanimate object and there's no rationality to the relationship of their fear to the object, that is a hard hurdle to overcome. But I think, you know, as a woman, I think the most, uh, resounding message for me is it's empowering, right? Like think of those stories we used to read as children and it would be, uh, I, I read a lot of PI stories. So I guess it was always the, the lady of ill repute, but they all had a gun and, you know, they'd pull out their little Berenger and they would live to, you know, fight another day. And, and instead of imparting this notion that we're victims, let's impart this notion that the world is a wonderful place where there is a tool that can save you at any time, as long as you learn how to use it properly. What's the old it, joke? It's God made all men. Uh, John Browning made them equal. <laughs> no, um, the Second Amendment has yeah. um, done more for women than the fel- the entire feminist movement. Oh, Just for saying. sure. Um, no, one of the... Um, one of our themes, I mean, we have it on all of our banners, et cetera, is women empowering women. And that's exactly what it is. Because you, when you are empowered to protect yourself, if you, God forbid, need to, that is a really good feeling. That is a really, it, it builds confidence and it really builds strength, in, in my opinion, that knowing that you can do that. Because over the years, I have horrifyingly listened to like 911 calls where women didn't have firearms and where they did literally my my husband would walk by the room and see tears streaming down my face because it was very upsetting because like you said earlier carla about violence i abhor violence i i I really i can't stand it it's awful and the women who had firearms saved their lives the ones who didn't became victims and i know there's you know a slew of calls all over but these were certain ones that i listened to did research because i've done a ton of research one of the other things that we did that was really fun at the um, at the state house was one of the first times we were there. Another first time was they were trying to pass the universal background check bill, which is ridiculously stupid, and it, it's changed a little over the years, but not enough not to be useless and violating our rights. For the first time, I think ever, I brought they they used to have a list of all the moms demand talking points or Michael Bloomberg talking points of lies about gun control. So I created a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> for the Women's Defense League, brought in my laptop. One of the state reps had it all hooked up so that the sound guys were there, tech people. And I went through all of their points. Myth, true, fact. And it was awesome. They were so mad. They never put that stuff in their bill again. Oh, wow. That's it awesome. Didn't, it didn't pass either, but you you have to counter it. That's why I like to teach the intro to rifle class. For and It's for selfish reasons, personally, because a lot of people don't have a problem with them trying to ban assault weapons. And that's one of the things we teach in the classes. See this firearm right here? This would be banned. This firearm would be banned. And I bring in, I, I happen to have a pink camel one. That would be banned. I mean, I, so we, I that's that part of it, gun control, we get political only as far as the issue of gun control and second amendment. Um, but yeah, that that's, it is super important. And we have taught some left wing people, I think some state reps too, even, and they liked it. It wasn't, you know, one of my favorite things to do is to get my New Yorker friends. When they come up, we take them shooting. It's like just part of a weekend up, uh, to come hang out. And so far I would say it's 10 for 10 of everyone I've taken is like, Oh wow. That makes you really horny. (laughs) (laughs) That's hilarious. This has been a really fun show, really an educational and informational show. Thank you so much for coming on Kimberly. Um, Where can people follow you and uh, learn more about what you're doing? So we can, um, we have a Facebook page, Women's Defense League. Um, you can follow us on there. If you have any questions at all, email info at WDLNH.org. Um, our website is WDLNH.org. Um, and, you know, you can always hit me up on Twitter if you have any questions. We have a Twitter account, but it's really just for, um, for the, the league does, but it's really just to show stuff. We don't do, do as much on there because that's just, it's, we try to stay more local and that's better on Facebook. So yeah, we, um, 
we we love it and thank you guys so much for having us on and i hope i see everybody at the rally remember april 2nd noon high noon <laughs> to 2 p.m we're gonna have raffles door prizes speakers and you're gonna be surround it's gonna be the safest place in all of new england that day oh nice. yes and there was a couple last minute questions mari sure. wants to know if you're gonna be at pork fest and would be interested in a women's firearms mingle at pork fest um i had not planned on it i don't even know when it is at this point but yet June 20th to the 26th and get your tickets this week. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. We are going to sell out. I Almost sold out. Nice. I know I that is one I see. I didn't see the Liberty Forum stuff, but I did see I always see Carla's always pimping Port Fest. And Chris so Lopez has the most important question here for us. Can we put Women's Defense League events on the FSB calendar to uh, inform our participants, our followers, and people coming to visit New Hampshire or moving to New Hampshire about how they can get involved in your organization. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I think we used to have calendars combined, you know, a while ago um, <laughs> because for members, for events that aren't for members, th that's open to the public. So, and then, you know, a lot of there, we have a lot of FSPers who are members. Awesome. And founding well, members. <laughs> and if you guys do want to visit the FSB calendar, if you're visiting New Hampshire or if you're just looking for places to go, people to meet, uh, you're tired of your small town and you want to get out because you've been spending way too much time inside and online, check out fsp.org slash calendar where you can meet some awesome libertarians and free staters in your towns, in your neighborhoods. You might find neighbors you didn't even know about because there's so many New movers in the past year and a half that we've broken all kinds of records, and there's still a bunch of people we haven't met yet. So you need to come out to events, meet us, get involved. Um, and, you know, as Carla said, it get your Pork Fest tickets. But other than that, it's been awesome having you guys. All as always, thank you, Carla. Thank you, Bill, for coming back. Thank you, Kimberly, for joining us. And until next week, everybody, stay free. Peace out, guys. Live free or die. In 1623, she touched the hand of history and led the colonies on. Independence was won, and the spirit lives today to guide America on her way.